Hello, Love and Dunter episode. Eight, B. Another episode. <laughs> With Camille leblanc Besnet and your co-host. Dave Lipson. I'm happy to be a co-host. You take it from here. I'm just color commentary. You lead the podcast. I'll, I'll be here if you need me. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because you always go first and then I'm the co-host. At least you keep things moving. So I'm the host today. Okay, three subject today. Subject number one. Do you know you should number them? Well, too late. Okay. Hey. I'm like, I'm like so like this, right? So you need to let me go through the one, two, three. Otherwise, it's your your side of the field, which is all over the place, chaotic, creative. and. So the first subject? Okay. So first subject, this is something that Dave um, has kind of invented-ish. Invented Not it, invented, but certainly but... implemented it in a unique way. So we're going to talk about... Um, understanding the rate of perceived exertion or how hard you should be training in training sessions. Yes. Then Cammy's going to talk to you a little bit about microbiome, the microbiome, a little bit obsessed over that. And, and uh, specifically kind of a little bit of background on that, but more from a broad perspective, just understanding your gut health and what you might need to do to, to, to thrive and get a better understanding of that. Then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Cammy starting some combatives She's uh, now a, a, a very accomplished white belt in jujitsu. <laughs> uh, but hey, before we get into that, um, we got gifts. We got gifts. I got some stuff in the we mail. We have gifts. And uh, so I got it from Thunderbro, actually. They sent me this frosted bag. And I think I think I know what it is. This is like, um, okay, so it's probably the right size. Just actually. so you know, if you get this, all your lift goes up by 10 pounds just so by... Uh, sheer osmosis of awesomeness. Now, I wanted to say something about this cutoff hoodie. Uh, this looks really good. I bought an XL and I was like, ah, it's a little too tight. So I actually got a double X. So I think these hoodies maybe run like a little, a little bit, small. A little small. But that's what we want because um, they got to make you feel like you're huge, you're right? Into it, so right? that's like and perfect. This is another one. I love how it comes in this really cool frosted bag. This is uh, another cutoff hoodie, of course, because like, what, do you, what are you trying to hide with your sleeves, right? And, uh, this one is a, yeah. oh, I love that skull one. That's pretty cool. If you wear a sleeve, everyone um, wants their. Okay, next thing. How about the fun stuff here? This yes. is really fun stuff. Okay, I want to talk uh, to you guys. So this is. Well, hold on. Let's give him some context I'm just too here. excited. Our buddy, Joe Sheep, Sheeply, right? That's his, that's his name, Sheeply? Okay. Joe from Cured. Uh, Cured. Which is a, a pretty cool company. They're, I think it's the future of supplements. It's actually herbal therapeutics to help you, you thrive and everything. But. It's mostly marijuana based and mushroom and other other really beneficial herbs um, like um, turmeric, and lion's mane, all kinds of no cool things. No tropic. In all the products, we use this stuff regularly, mostly for sleep. Every right? day. Yeah. For uh, sleep. Stress reduction. Yes. Sleep, stress reduction. That's like our biggest thing. We both own, I mean, together we own two companies. And uh, if we go way too hard, and I've been going way too hard for way too long, so we need things to keep us grounded and keep things. Can I start with my favorite too? No, because okay. I'm already holding mine. Like, okay, so I'm explain what, like, what are you holding? What is holding this? Holding it like go ahead. me. It's a lot of time. <laughs> Just get to it. What is it? Okay, so this is my favorite. They are the nightcaps paired with Zen. So the nightcap has like uh, CBD with the microdose of THC and CBN, which really like put you to bed and then keep you to bed. It's a six to one ratio, CBD, CB, CBN. This is like my lifesaver with my baby. 
because I haven't slept in two years and it really affects like all Circadian your chemistry, all like all your body chemistry. And I was a, like a mean person, not on purpose. My body was betraying me. So this pair with the Zen, which helped with relaxing and sleep. What's in the Zen? So the Zen has a mushroom adaptogen, nootropic, and cannabinoids. Cap, cap, cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. Bananas and Banana and cannabinoids. I can't say that word. Um, um, and both together has just been like, like amazing it just like put me into that zen space put me to bed really stay in you. bed um and i have like really good like deep sleep now which i so like haven't had in forever i really like those and um i actually don't always take them though because that really makes me very sleepy and oftentimes when i'm taking this stuff it's like the end of the day i'm still doing like work on the computer yeah, but so don't I, I don't want to fall asleep on the computer, yeah. but I do want to like relax and chill out. Yes. So Cami sees me. I mean, our days are packed. I'm up early working probably about 12 hours a day, training, parenting, husbanding, home maintenance. And so a lot of the work I'm doing uh, at the end of the day happens between like 10 p.m. and midnight or even one. So I don't want to fall asleep, but I do want to kind of relax a little bit. So this is my favorite product, Cured Raw Caps. Okay, so... CBD, great for inflammation, great for relaxation, recovery, trauma, stress, everything. Mood. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely a better person. But one of the things and the reason why I even got into this company cured in the first place where I was, I was a customer first, like we yeah, were spending we a lot. Both customers like, first, like, what are, what are we all reach these out bills? to them so we and could be part of the company. I reached out to them and I said, them. I love your stuff. Well, you want to, you know, can we do a partnership? Um, this stuff actually has THC in it, which is unique because so we, those are the raw caps. We live in a state about. where uh, marijuana is is not legal for um, recreational consumption, so you might have to get like a doctor or a medical card to get it down here. But this stuff cured ships to any state, and in every pill, there's 1.3 milligrams of THC, which is awesome because I'll take like five, six, seven pills and actually feel pretty damn good. Um, and so the combination for at home, of CBD. Dave is very excessive with what yeah. he takes. He always takes. Well, no, it's it's not excessive. It's I relative know, but to you your take body a weight. Lot you know, of like a if, lot. if you're a small person, like seven pills to you might like knock you on your ass. To me, it seven will. pills, I just begin to actually start to feel the effects of the THC because of the body mass. So this stuff is awesome. Get in any state. Um, the links for all these are in our bios on Instagram. So if you want to check I'm that gonna out, I'm going to put the link on YouTube. We'll too. also put a link on YouTube, but these products are great. And then here's another one that Dave, I like to use. It's called rise. And, um, what's in this, it's just got awesome stuff in it. Really? You know what I love about their products the most is like, it's such a polar opposite to the supplement industry where you worry about people like putting crap and fillers. Oh yeah. And this is the opposite. It's just this natural, really natural you. holistic stuff that, that actually helps you. And the fact that it's got marijuana and THC in it to me is like, Cured. Check them out. Link in the YouTube. All right. Let's talk about RPE. RPE. So, hey, Cam and I were talking. Rate of perceived exertion. We were talking the other day about why people don't get results. That's really where this conversation started. Yes, in the car. Why are people not getting results? And we, we, we really distilled it down to like three big things. Like one, 
uh, they're they're not training consistently enough. So they're like, mm-hmm. you know, doing one program and then another, just kind of flipping around and they don't spend enough time in one place yes. to actually let their body get stressed and adapt and you the know, consistency prog- progressively is not there. Do it. Yeah. I mean, yes. compliance is the science. So you got to do the right program. And that was actually the second one is like, maybe they're, they're doing something consistently, but it's the wrong program. Yes. It's like, you know, like if they're, if they're trying to build their aesthetics, but they're doing some crazy competition, I don't want to say crazy, but like a very intense competition type mm-hmm. of program that's built to maybe increase your capacity or your top end strength, yes. but that's not necessarily like for, meant for to example, change your aesthetics. Yes. Like a good example of that would be, and I've heard this so many times in CrossFit, like very specifically from women, yep. they would come to me and be, I want to get stronger but I'm just not able to. And then I would go, my next question would be, well, are you like eating in a manner to gain weight? And are you reducing your like energy expenditure? And the answer would be, oh, well, I can't eat that much. And also I like doing my cardio too much. And it's like, well, now- So they're doing all this cardio, but they want to get stronger. Yeah, so they or- want to they want to keep losing weight and everything is in line to lose weight. So I guess the first step is like, first identifying like, what do you really want? Exactly. And that was always my next question was like, well, do you want to stay lean? Are you willing to put some weight on to get stronger? Yep. And they just didn't want it to put the weight on to get stronger. But the the last, the last thing we see is like, and the last thing, okay, yes. you know, maybe you're not doing consistently enough or you're following the wrong type of program. Um, but then the big one that I think is kind of across the board is maybe you are doing the right program consistently but you're not working with intensity. And yes. this is something I see the most, not inside of CrossFit. No, I see the CrossFit opposite thing, sometimes. Yes, yes, exactly. But I see like when you go into 24-hour fitness or yes. Gold's Gym or Crunch or whatever, and you walk in there, you know, there are all these people that are trying to basically do hypertrophy training, but they're working like way too slow and not very hard. Yes. Right. And and, it, and there is no plan. Let's be honest. There's no, there's no, no plan. No. Just, it's just randomly. I saw something on YouTube or I'm, whatever. That part, I just want to touch on that part real quick. I do not understand the no plan because like me and you. They're freestyling. No, but I understand. But me and you. No, we, you do not. You go freestyle. It's like, hey, I just want to go into the dance room. No, and I don't. I know don't what I'm do. But that's the I'm thing. I'm going to flow. I, I, I might really flow don't. from a leg extension into a bicep curl. Does it make sense? Doesn't make sense. I know, but that's my point. It's like I feel like I, I feel like I know quite a bit about training and you yeah. too. And even though we are there in our life, we still plan ahead. But like, there's context, right? For someone, yeah, who but like, has think never, about for someone who don't, doesn't go into the has never been into the gym or just started going doing anything. Oh, doing is anything great, will right? give results. But I, what I'm saying is like. In anything you do in life, if you want to get better at it and get results, yeah. like you must have a plan. Like you don't, you don't go to school and the teacher go in the front and go, "Let's learn about Listen, finance." You know what? We're gonna freestyle it. It's, like it does. It, that no plan does not work in anything in life. So, so why do you think you know better? If you're pursuing anything seriously, it starts with prescription, evaluation, and then adjustment. There's like a build-up. You have to. Like you have 
foundation to follow something, up. you need to evaluate it, <laughs> and then you need to change it accordingly. But you know, it, you're right. Without a plan, you plan to fail. You're just kind of that's yeah. what a lot of people are doing. Is that like I said, like program hopping? There's like one to the other, and there's no level of consistency. But with regard to intensity, yes, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it gets very intense. There. It's not necessarily what we see people in the gym doing. They're like, oh, that's so wrong. It's like they're never able to get anything out of it because they don't know how to work with intensity. Or on the flip side, yes. for a lot of the crossfitters we work with they don't understand how to allocate that intensity appropriately yes. to actually pursue something like progressive overload yes. where like, you know, you're, you're hitting a top set or a set to like mechanical yes. failure. And then at some point you're going to repeat that and try to get one more pound, one more rep yes. and that's the size and strength. Cro gonna Let, let's be honest, CrossFit are our favorite people to work with because all we need to do is channel it yes you just gotta channel all because that because we understand intensity which i think is really hard to understand for people who's never been there there's a lot of rah rah there's a lot of there's yes. a lot of cheer there's a lot of gumption like i really am gonna i'm ready to bleed yes um, and it's so exciting for us because the results are so quick once we can like give purpose to that intensity that is just not going as fast as you can like running into a wall um but the flip side of that the the other people that's never reached intensity the thing is that it's hard to get them there, I think, because there's so much scarcity out there that like, if you go with intensity, you're going to hurt yourself so, or like you don't have to go to intensity. Intensity is like, I feel like part of what you see on social media out there, it's like a lot of, I think, fitness influencer um, try to project the, they like throw at you what people want to hear. It makes so it they, look like it's intense. So yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so people never have to get intense Yeah, because they're like, oh, if you're too intense, like there's too much breakdown happening in your muscle and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is that without intensity and the right stimulus, there's no adaptation. And most people have never even really been there before. So it's not going to be an issue, but, but let's talk about like how to, um, maybe prescribe or scale it. Because I think a lot of people especially within the scope of like hypertrophy training, which yes. is a little bit different than say something like Olympic lifting or power lifting, mm -hmm. which is very linear and really revolves around, you know, three, three yes. main lifts or two, or two main lifts. Um, Just, a lot of our athletes ask for things like percentages. They're yes. like, Hey, what percentage of my one rep max should this 12 rep bench press be. Yes. And the truth is that's really hard to prescribe for a number of different reasons. One, because most people usually don't know their true one rep yes. max. And especially with the amount of different variations we use, mm -hmm. like lifting against bands or chains or truncated range Tempo, of motion, different equipment, yes. different grips. Like you really don't, you really don't know. The second thing is, you know, it, it's not the kind of thing where you're always going to be the same in a training session. Some right times you might be like really pre-fatigued where 70% mm -hmm. feels like 100% yes. or, or vice versa, yes. right? So all that is contextual. What we really want to try to allocate is the amount of effort or how hard these things feel to an athlete with regard to yes. maybe all the different sets they're seeing. So let's take, you know, a given exercise that might have Four, uh, four, four to five sets in it. And of those four to five sets, not every set is going to be as hard as possible. Basically, in a lot of times with our, our core lifts, mm -hmm. we're building up to one or two sets where you're flirting with failure. Yes. And so there's this thing called an RPE scale, yes. which stands of, for the rate of perceived exertion. Yes. It's not about the percentage of your lift that that represents. It's about how hard it feels to you yes. in terms of your pain thresholds, how scary the lift is, but more importantly, your ability to maybe hold and maintain yes. proper mechanics and actually perform the lift. So for instance, an RPE five, 
would be something where it's like a 50% effort. Yes. So when we start like a five set thing, you might start an RPE five or six where yes. you're just, you're working at 50% and you're feeling the weight, you're kind of greasing the groove, getting familiar with the movements, but, but neurologically you're also ramping yourself up to get your central nervous system and in line. And it's good to know in your head what this should feel exactly, like. Exactly. Like touching Which I the think weight. is so important and something that I wish I did so much more like before, like when I did cross it, because everything was percentage of the lift. But my percentage of the lift after like I did the 5K, you know, run for a time, different. it's not the same thing. Yeah, and most people and just have no idea. And then you get no frustrated because really. like it's not in line with those like percentage of lift. Or you like, ask what their one rep max bench presses and they tell you what they did in high school 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyways, uh, that's an RPE 5. Like, and once you get to the higher RPEs, RPE 8, 9, and 10, this is where you really start getting the point where like, let's say an RPE 9 would be being able to do all the reps properly with like the right technique, yes. the tempo, you know, smooth, good range of motion with maybe one more good looking rep in the tank. And yes. RPE 10 is where you actually work to mechanical failure. Yes. So it's not when you can't lift the weight at all, but it's when you can no longer lift the weight properly. properly. And that honestly is so important because like, it's not about the repetitions, but it's about the high value repetitions with good mechanics and stimulus and tension and all I that stuff. I just love that we said the word together. We did say it together. We nailed it. <laughs> and then an RPE 11 would actually be going beyond that point. Yes. So you've seen with me do this a rep. lot where like I'll do a set and I'll get to failure where maybe I can no longer hold the and range then or I'll the tempo. And then we'll do like two or three, just like maybe half yes. reps or you're even helping me with some yes. forced reps. Um, Force rep are amazing to build that extra capacity that you don't have yet while maintaining like good form and technique. So what I realized is in our program where we have thousands of athletes in yes. our program, Muscle Anarchy, yes. is like a, a lot of people just didn't understand like and how I hard each, each just, set should be. Let me is, it just real quick. I love that you started doing that in your program and now I'm doing it too. Well, I didn't say what I was doing. Well, yeah, but I just want to give okay. you the props. I just wanted so, to get, I'm like, okay. I'm showering you with yes. like, good job. Uh, yeah, so, okay. So You're welcome. I, I, I could see that like, you know, a lot of athletes were posting their lifts and I said, you know, that's a little too hard for like yes. a, a feeder set, yes. a warm-up set, or they're posting their main lift and I'm like, you still got more in the tank. Yes. So what I started to do is assigning RPEs to each individual set for the core lifts, yeah. the ones that we really want to like progressively overload with heavy mechanical loading just to give them a guide or a scale and instantaneously everyone would give us like not everyone but a lot of people would give us feedback saying like oh that makes so much more sense now thank you for putting that in because now we start to understand intensity and how it's allocated so you can perform the session effectively and really an entire training session is about you strategically through a variety of movements in one or two sets each movement just getting to that point where you're pushing failure. That's enough to stimulate muscle growth. Mm -hmm. You don't have to annihilate yourself. It shouldn't be a three hour training session yes. or a marathon, but you should just really focus on the mechanics, the technique and building up to that point yeah. where you can just get that stimulus in each exercise and then move on. Yes. And that's really the effectiveness. You can do that consistently over long periods of time. Kind of after we're kind of after the, the shaky, shaky, still look good, yeah. done, move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's a good, I feel like that's a good way to think about it because you know the muscle are hitting failure, you know, like the pump is there, you know, they're like primed to want to grow and then we're done. Like don't, the goal is not to like hammer, 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 exactly. hammer. Don't blow your load in the, in the warm up yes. sets, but make sure that when you do go to those real top sets or working sets that you're actually pushing. And it's always great to have like a spotter or somebody there 
to one, keep you accountable, mm-hmm. but also help you get there of mm-hmm. the understanding, like, no, you actually got more to demand a little bit more of you because that's really where the adaptation is, is you got to stress yourself in a way that you just wouldn't really do it on your own, you know, yes. uh, or, or you're not comfortable at least. Let's switch gears now yes. um, and talk a little bit about gut health. Yes. So, so um, I've been listening this week uh, to Dr. Iran uh, Elinav. Who's Jewish, by the way. Was, Jewish from Israel. He's from Israel. He's an expert in microbiomes we- and has been doing like years of like um, hands-on research. So like they've like had like tons of participants and like research on mouse and all of that. And um, something that they've like discovered that I thought was... Um, like just awesome to hear was the really, I think in correlation in um, I feel like why we see so much uh, discrepancy. I don't know if this is that word like a discrepancy, like right? diff- differences, differences yeah. in like uh, people going out there and being like, this diet's the best. It works for me. And then someone else be like, that doesn't work for me. This one works for so me. So why does one diet work for one person and not for another? Why do the results vary so, what, so much? What um, you've what seen in his research is that like, like truly because everyone's microbiome is so different that everyone do react differently to food. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone do react differently to food. Yes, but uh, but I think that like uh, like I mean they they can see it in the in the gut like like almost it's his own like own organist like his own almost its own organ that's like do react completely differently. So when someone go out there and be like uh, probiotic is good for everyone, well they've noticed that when people take probiotic. Some people do have beneficial effect to it and other people have none, zero. It does nothing to them. So I just thought it was so cool to hear this because you have people that are like, oh my God, like keto saved my life. And this other person, like that same diet might be literally killing them. So when we go out there about diet, it's, it's not because like, and I don't like, okay, let's go back to this. Like when you talk about diet is when you are prescribe a certain amount of food and like you can like track it like with the macros. Um, so if I talk about keto, then we're talking more about the lifestyle, a way of eating because a diet has to be like with restriction and being tracked and calculated. So let's go with a lifestyle way of eating. Something that works for someone might not work for someone else at all. So like when you go out there and certain like a uh, lifestyle of eating or being pushed, like this is above this one or this is above this one. Well, the truth is that it, it really comes down to what works best for you. Now, when we want to look. I just swallowed a gnat. I saw that. I know, that was terrible. I ignored There's so many it. down here in Florida. Might be good for your microbiome. Yeah, I don't know. It's got protein know. in it. Um, um, wait, so, hold on. Time so out. So wait, the last thing I want to touch on this because I'm I'm – very excited about I can all tell. this. Um, is that the, look at, like if you want to do like um, lifestyle and diet with people, it seems to me like according with this information to be a lot more beneficial to look at the caloric restriction, which has had, um, according to those research again from uh, Iran Ilanov, like great benefit on the microbiome when you put your clients in a calorie deficit. So looking at like the calorie and the macronutrient instead of looking necessarily, at least to start into like the, the specific 
food is a great way to start with base that don't change across board. Okay, cool. So the the message, and by the way, the reason I, I mentioned that he's Jewish is because my dad's a rabbi, and there's not a lot there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of Jews out there, so only one percent of the population. But Israeli so, always have like really they have great wonder. Their yeah, scientific, their I mean, scientific listen, they, community is it, like unbelievable. As athletes, not amazing. As scientists. Phenomenal. That's what happened. You can <laughs> okay. be an athlete or you can be the yes. nerd behind. So you're still part well, of it, right? I'm speaking generalities. Um, but okay. So but anyways. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about that because I think people at home get so confused with the amount of like information out there. And when it comes down to like the specific food you're eating, like you should look at what, um, because you may like some food, but that food might not like you. So you should really look at what you're able to digest well and what like makes you literally feel better, not like feel better a, a drop of dopamine because you're eating chocolate and sugar, but like when makes you feel better, like you have an increased energy, increased mood across time, across like So you know day. me, Cam. I mean, like I have had... I like to think I know yeah, you, yes. You, you know, like when I have a good poop, I come running out of the bathroom and I'm like, look at this poop I did. It's amazing. Only parents it, know how exciting it, it, it is so when exciting. the whole family has a good because poop day. Because I've always had, from the time I was a little kid, I always had like yes. some gut issues and sensitivities. And I went on like a big elimination restricted diet when I was a little kid because the doctor said I had Crohn's disease. And so instead of going down that road of surgery and stuff, my, my mom said, like, let's try to do this naturally. And it worked. But even now, after COVID, like mm -hmm. my gut had gotten really bad again and I had to go through an elimination diet, and which is where I want to start. I mean, both because, of our gut has been because, bad like, after. You don't know what foods necessarily are going to work well for you. Mm -hmm. So I think what makes the most sense is to first eliminate the things that could potentially be triggers yep. for you. So eliminating things like highly processed food yes. and, and sugar-laden carbohydrates. Yes. Uh, especially because one, we know it's not great for insulin sensitivity yes. and that can lead to hyperinsulinemia, yes. metabolic Everything that diseases, is sugar, white uh, flour, autoimmune stuff like, uh, you know, uh, celiacs or, or mm -hmm. whatever, even even people that have like, you know, I think some people react strongly or some people don't even realize that they're reacting. They're just like, mm -hmm. think it's normal to have a lot of gas after they eat or something. So um, any type uh, of, uh, uh, vegetable oils. Also. Well, so let's start the grains, okay. right? That'd be one. The grains, the sugars, the processed food, you might start by eliminating that. The second thing is like uh, dairy products. Like some people, some don't do well with dairy. Mm -hmm. So maybe you start by eliminating that and taking it out. And then finally, the last one might be like legumes or, you know, things like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, beans and, and things that can also potentially trigger you. Let's take them out first. Yes. And then all of the things out that could like correlate it to some type of um, immune reaction yeah so basically now you're eating a diet of, of fruits and vegetables and, and meat yes for the for the most part okay um and a lot of people don't even leave that diet that's a great diet yes. to, to you know keep you healthy and safe but even with lifestyle even within those you might try and track like how do you react to certain types of, of foods right so like this meat versus that meat for instance for me like eating very fatty types of meat really triggers my yeah. digestion it doesn't do good but like leaner cuts um, do much better. Some people can have eggs. Some people can't have eggs. Yeah. Like you can't have eggs. No. Um, uh, even vegetables, like you know, um, vegetables like broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, like, we're the I opposite. I can't deal with the opposite. That does really well for my digestion. You, you might start with like more like low FODMAP foods. You know, like um, like bell peppers, carrots, cucumbers, yes. strawberries, things like that, and then introduce something one at a time and yes. see how you do. Because ultimately, I think your guide unless you're going through some advanced medical testing and screening mm -hmm. is always going to be 
how you're digesting the food. Yes. Right. Like, like how, how good and regular are your poops? Um, do you get bloated after meals? Like how you're feeling after meals? And then you can always track how your body's responding. Mm -hmm. Are you, is your composition improving? Are you gaining weight? Are you losing weight? Do you feel bloated? Is your skin getting weird? Like all, yeah. all these things are kind of good things to track because I think the, the general idea is there is no one diet that can, that can be a cure-all for everyone. Obviously there are things we know that are probably better not to have in your diet. Yes. Like we're talking about all these sugar laden processed things, probably not a good idea for mm -hmm. most people, but even me, like I eat white rice because white rice is an easy carbohydrate source for me to digest and assimilate. But I didn't know that until I took everything out and then tried some white rice. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the only way people can actually proceed. Use yourself as a lab. You're your own best laboratory. Yes. Last thing, we got two minutes. Cami is doing something very controversial. Uh, you may have never heard of it before, but she decided <laughs> to start Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's actually a martial art um, if you guys are not familiar with it, uh, and no, obviously BJJ, I was making fun of her. I was like, oh, you're jumping on the BJJ bandwagon. Yes. But tell us what's going on. Why are you doing it? What are the classes like? Give me a rundown. Well, so seconds. I've been wanting to do this forever, but I could never do it because I was competing. Why do you want to do it? So I want to be able to defend myself. Okay. And it's, it's really like, uh, as a woman, I've been in. What's your biggest threat as a woman? Man, yeah. I am. As I'm a woman, a... I've been in in a lot of position in my life that I was lucky enough. Or feeling uncomfortable, maybe. Like... Yes, I was. That I was lucky enough that I got out of there like not hurt. Um. um but I've been like put in corners and like I've just been in a lot of like very tricky and scary situations. What's your impression of it so far? The the BJJ. I, I love it. I mean, I think uh, it's it's making me understand how like to be able to uh, push an opponent away, like be able to. You're making friends really quick. Like I, I come. I don't know. I'm so focused on learning the no, thing. No, but it's, it's, it's really cool because like you know we train by ourselves so much. It's yes. cool for you to like. One well, day I out love of that having gym. something, but I I love being able to use my body as an instrument of that. <laughs> and, and it's cool and this kind of plays on just a final thought here like we love the gym we love training we love being able to work where you work on your body and obviously like aesthetics is a really source of gratification but you got to be able to use your stuff outside the gym so you're not a 